Welcome back to the Social Sisters podcast. Welcome. Uh, and today we're here with Dee. Hi, thanks for having me. So Dee is our manager, head of social media. Yeah. What are you? I don't know. Manager. I'm, I'm just D. Yeah. Head of social media. <laughs> head of social media at Hummingbird. The Queen's social sister. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to talk about mental health. So do you want to introduce yourself to us? So yes, I'm D. I'm the head of social media here at Hummingbird. Um, I've had a bit of a colourful life to say the least. I can talk your ears off with my life experiences but if I do that today we'll be here all day so I won't. <laughs> um, prior to being at Hummingbird I spent nine years in the Royal Air Force Police. Um, I also worked in the fitness industry for about five years before that um, and then I ran my own business after the birth of my son which I did for three years before I sold it last year and then came into marketing. Very nice. In a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely in a nutshell but just to clarify we love hearing these stories so... <laughs> She's always got a story yeah. to tell. It's a choice to hear it. <laughs> I'm always like, Dee, tell me more about the military. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah. Well, yeah, today I think we're just going to do today's topic on mental health, really. Mm -hmm. Just because mm -hmm. it's a topic that's quite close to all of our hearts. It's kind of prominent now across all industries and it wasn't so much before. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's right? Yeah. And I just think it's an important topic to talk about. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think in any industry it's important, but when you're uh, when you're working in marketing and you're constantly being on, you're switched on mm. to whatever's going on in the world, what you're doing, and just everything, it's so important to think about how you actually feel and to have those open discussions. Um, I think there's still such a taboo and stigma behind it sometimes. Like it's really important to have these conversations because otherwise you'll go through these periods where you don't feel safe to speak about it and that can have a big impact on your life and your well-being. 100%. Yeah. There's nothing worse than feeling alone. So let's use our platform to open up these <laughs> conversations. And yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, I don't want to say when was the first time you experienced mental health because it's not a like a event. It's a constant, I think. Mm -hmm. But... Do you remember like when the first time you had like a conscious sort of memory of kind of going through a slump or a, you really like were in touch with your mental health? Yeah, I think, again, we could probably be here for a long time if I delve too much into it. But um, I got bullied quite a lot at school and probably wasn't until I was maybe about 10, 11 years old that that really started to probably have quite a big impact on my life and how I used to feel. Um, but again, it's not really probably till I've got older until I really look back and think about it that I realise how much of an impact it's had on my life and as me as a person. Um, but my probably first real experience of having to address my mental health, I think what happened if I go back a little bit more is that I just learned to get on with things. I learned to put mm -hmm. things into the back of my head. I learned to just deal with it and not ever open up. I think, again, if you go back into like 20 years, it just wasn't something that you'd speak about. I remember um, probably a time when there was things going on at school and I must have been about 10 years old and I used to walk myself to primary school at this time and I always used to go early to meet this group of friends but something could happen and these obviously group of friends were no longer friends and would used to you know cause me quite a lot mm -hmm. of anxiety and it's not something I spoke to my parents about but instead I used to leave at the same time but I didn't want to get to school at the same time so I used to have to find different routes oh. to walk to school so I'd get there when the doors would open and I was only 10 years old at the time um, 
but then if we go fast forward a little bit so I think with all of that I just used to just get on with it and deal with it but it wasn't until I was an adult and I was in the military that I don't know I don't know what happened but in 2017 I had quite a big mental health breakdown and that's the first time that I've, I had to take time off work I had to go through therapy um, I had to use some of the military services called SAFA which is an amazing an amazing service at the time because it didn't really felt like I had the support in the workplace where I was it actually felt that things got worse when I tried to open up about it there. Um, so that was probably the first time that really hit me in the face and it floored me, to be honest. It's, yeah. It was quite a difficult time. Yeah. I think it's quite scary when you first kind yeah. of get in touch with it. Do you remember like, oh, what your sort of first time? Well, I was kind of lucky, like, growing up. Like, obviously you have them sort of feelings there and then, but I have, like, quite a supportive family. Mm. It wasn't until, like, uni, and I think it's that feeling of feeling alone, mm. and I didn't really understand what was happening to me. Like, I had, like, my first panic attack, and, mm. like, you you just don't understand, do you? I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. I was, I, luckily, I was with <laughs> yeah. Lewis, my partner, and I was literally like, <gasps> so I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but, no, I, I feel like I am lucky to, well, you're not lucky to experience it at all, but to have got through my childhood as yeah. a pretty happy kid. Mm. and yeah really so uni I think that's what triggered it I I don't know what triggered it but yeah for me it's like I I was always like a really scared child like even very small things I would never really want to play in like the sand or something because I would worry about getting dirty but I think like the major point was probably when I was kind of in year nine so like midway through high school I think there was such like a influx of people talking about mental health and I was like oh actually what I'm feeling right now is probably very close to what other people are talking about Mm -hmm. and I couldn't articulate it in the same way but I would say I don't feel good but I can't put my finger on what I actually feel yeah it's it's confusing isn't it especially when you're that young I I must have been how old are you in year nine like Like 14 yeah yeah so I was 14 I'm the oldest of my siblings, so I feel like oldest children are always, like, meant to be the most grown up. So I was trying to be grown up, but I was also, like, a kid, and I did not know what was going on. And then it was, you know, people started talking about it a little bit more as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're not alone, and you can start to make yeah. sense and validate your own feelings, which is yeah, big important. Time. Big time, and, and especially when you're, you're at that age where you're trying to find where you fit in as far as, like, in school and trying to find your friends and you're also dealing with what the hell you're feeling. So I think it's a case of like figuring out how you feel about the situation and also mm-hmm. trying to be as open as possible as well. So it's very strange. Um, do you think, like how would you say that um, mental health has kind of played a part in you working or like the workplace you've been in before? Well, it was a big factor in me leaving the military um, because I just remember thinking there wasn't as much support there as what there should have been. Um, when I brought it up in the workplace that I worked at again, like I said, it, it just made things worse. Um, and it's not like when you're in the military, you can't just say, oh, I don't like this job, I'm gonna leave, it doesn't work like that. Um, I would have needed to have stayed in this posting for a certain period of time before I could have applied for an early posting. But because I was under the, um, it's called DCMH, it's the military like mental health support system. And because it was all, um, I think in terms of all my medical history, they could see from that side that the workplace was causing a lot of 
the, was triggering a lot of it. So um, they then got me removed from the area and put me in a different posting. And that's the only way so that, you know, I could have been removed out of that environment. And within four weeks of being in this new posting, I was a different person. Oh, which, wow. Yeah, like I still had things going on, but a lot of it was to do with this work this like uh, this area that I worked in at the time it was a lot of toxicity toxicity um very old school military people that worked there and they really just did not treat people right um but after that I just thought I just it's not what I want like it's you know there was a lot of things that I could have reported up that I sh that shouldn't happen but do happen but you're also told that you can't really report it and I just thought I don't want to be in this situation yeah. again um and at that time I then found out I was pregnant so my mental like the mental health journey with that was also completely different I just wanted to be able to look after myself and look after my child um, so that was sort of the key area that I thought I need to leave um, when Alfie came along my mental health took a completely different turning point I had postnatal depression it was a very the first three months of his life I don't really remember much of it so where I'll probably get upset <laughs> don't cry um, it's okay <laughs> you know and I, if I could do things differently I probably would but that also beautiful. made me sort of, um, I remember taking him to a, a sensory class. It was one of the first times I'd probably got out of the house properly because I didn't really like leaving the house because I always thought he was going to die. Um, and I just remember how beneficial this class was for him, how, how it made me feel, how I could see it made him feel. And that was the start of me setting up my own business. Um, and again, without going into it too much because we'll be here for a very, very long time, I then gave me the motivation then to put into my... Um, uh, I can't remember what the word's called for me to leave the military. You have to give 12 months notice to leave or I had to within the trade that I was in. Um, but if I didn't go through that period and didn't take that risk taking Alfie, I would never have, I don't think I would have got out of that spell and that really sort of helped me get out of quite a dark place. Um, but then running a business also brings lots of stress and mental health load. And again, I got to a place which I found I was really struggling. The business had really taken off. I was really, really busy, but I was working 24 seven. I was having to sacrifice time with Alfie. I was having to sacrifice my own health and mental health. I was getting unwell a lot um, and something had to give. So I made the decision to sell the business. And then I suppose the rest is history and I've mm. then come here. Yeah. But within that, I still had to deal with my own, what was going on then. I still yeah. wasn't in a good place. Mm. Um, and you know, working in the job that we do is can be quite stressful. We work to a lot of deadlines. Um, so during that time, I went through CBT to sort of try and get a, mm. you know, get on top of my own anxieties and the stresses that I was dealing with to find that balance in my life. Really, yeah. Mm. Sorry, I've been talking quite a lot. No, no, I do. It's lovely. Do you feel like, like leaving the military? Do you feel like anything was done because of your situation? Do you feel like anything was changed no, in the workplace? No, no. I mean, they. The military will say that they put things in place and things will get better, but mm. there's a lot of people that I know that suffered with a mental health and didn't really get the support that they needed. Things that happen in the military that they say shouldn't happen and it still does happen. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've been in, so maybe things have improved or not. But you hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, you're just a number. That's what yeah. you are in the military. It's not nice to feel like that because you no. do matter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So. And that was it. I didn't feel like I mattered and I didn't feel like I was important. And mm. Mm. There's more to life than that, yeah, isn't exactly, there? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Have you experienced, like, I wouldn't say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like <laughs> slumps or of feeling like, like you've described in previous jobs? 
Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's like one of the reasons I left my previous job because I just wasn't happy. Mm. And you just need to decide. Like life is too short. Yeah, like yeah. happiness, I think, is more than money. It's it's more than everything, isn't it? Mm. So I feel like if you're deeply not happy, how can you go on like that? Because it then affects every part of your life. It affects your relationships. It affects just even down to like what you're eating, mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, even just going upstairs and brushing your teeth. Like you start to notice things that it starts to impact. So I feel like happiness and that is just the most important. Mm. So I feel like once you start to see them slumps and that, you've got to like have like a reality check with yourself, like what's causing this. And it's not as easy as that to say, oh, you could just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and you can just be happy again. But I think recognising that you are feeling like that's probably the first step, isn't it? To, yeah, 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 big to time. sorting so, yourself out. Yeah, so. and realising that even if it's a bunch of small things, like you said, yeah. like I always find that, showering becomes difficult if I'm in a slump like I just can't be bothered literally but I also know that I have to and it makes you feel better afterwards but (laughs) yeah but when things like that become difficult or when you're noticing it more I feel like that's kind of like the sign that you need to kind of have some reflection and definitely look at things and even just stepping away like even if you need a few days off or it's important to take that time to yourself Mm. because life does go 100 miles an hour and it's not going to wait around for you but sometimes you do need to just yeah just well step away exactly I think in our team now for me the change has come definitely when we're we're we very much have an open communication about Mm. how we feel and things like that and it's not just that we're doing work, it's that we're happy and we're, um, you know, healthy. I think mental ha- being mentally healthy is really important. And, you know, keeping that conversation open and realising that sometimes your boundaries are different than others, mm. that's that's fine. Um, but I, I think that in the last couple of years that's probably changed quite a bit. Because even when, I mean... My first job was when I was like seventeen or something. Even then, no, like there was no discussion ever about no. mental health or like stress or being down or whatever. There was no conversations about it, and that was only what four years ago, yeah. five yeah, years ago. Yeah. Um, but like Dee said, it's still taboo now, really, yeah. and we're just lucky to have that open yeah. thing here where we can speak to each other about it. But it's not the same for everyone, is it? No, not at all, not at all. Um, And I think it's really tricky, I find, because the only way that that's going to ever improve is if you start talking about it. But Mm. when you're in that position, you don't want to talk about it. I'd rather no one look me in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like when uh, when you're on the brink of tears and someone asks you if you're okay. It's just completely gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's really tricky to find the balance between, you know, having those open conversations and also protecting yourself and not Mm. becoming like yes you you want no one else to feel like this so you want to open that door but you also don't want to be the one to open the door first yeah Yeah, definitely Um, so I think I don't really have any advice I just think it's it's so important to talk about and to talk and kind of look at the people around you kind of read the room like Mm. try and spot these signs because not everyone's comfortable just bringing it up Mm. so sometimes I know you don't always want to be like are you okay (laughs) but sometimes it just takes that for someone to open up because maybe they I don't know maybe someone around them's not spotting it yeah and you probably a problem shared is a problem halved so exactly exactly I think we all know each other's characters quite well so Mm. I think if someone is quite quiet or not themselves it's quite easy to spot and 
what I try, try to do. You've probably had a message off me. It might be WhatsApp or Slack. We might be in the office at the time just to check in with you and just to yeah. make sure you're okay. Um, yeah. I think I sent one to, um, I hope she doesn't mind me bringing it up, Beth yesterday because I thought she was quiet. So I sent her a message and just checked in with her. She was like, oh, yeah, fine. I'm just really stuck into work. Yeah. But just recognising that sometimes you might not be yourself as you usually are in terms of the personality that you, you, you actually are. Yeah, yeah you're very good at doing that, to be fair. <laughs> I think from, if we're, if we're going back a little bit from when that period in the military, I did feel very alone. I didn't have anybody to talk to. When I did try to talk to somebody, it didn't go how I was expecting it to go. Um, so I don't want that. I don't want that setting again. I want it to be a safe environment. I want you to feel that you're, what you feel is valid. You know, it doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't agree with how you're feeling. You know, let's say, for instance, we're all dog lovers. Not everybody might not be dog lovers. So your dog might need to go to the vets. They might be poorly. They might have died. Somebody might not understand why you're feeling that way. But it doesn't matter because that's how you feel is valid. That's how you feel. And I think that's what I wanted to get across is that it doesn't matter what's going on. You feel like you can share it. You feel like you're listened to. Yeah, um, definitely. It's an definitely. amazing way to think about yeah. it. I think we're lucky. Yeah, one of the few managers who will put you first rather than, like, yes, your work is important. Yeah. Obviously, deadlines are really important. But putting you first, that, that just tops everything. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. really clear that how you've handled our whole team, we all feel safe in sharing those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, being honest about it, which is really great. Mm. I think that kind of leads us into maybe strategies that we have. I think it's always difficult because you never want to say, I do this and you should do yeah. that because yeah. no one's no one's the same. Yeah. It, it's going to be different for, for everyone. But do you have anything that you know that for you it works? So I think once I finish CBT, I've just tried to learn to think actually some things are entirely out of our control and we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I spoke about maybe that I'm going to swear now, the fuck it bucket, because sometimes we can't control it. And there's, you know, again, your feelings are valid. You're allowed to feel anxious, you're allowed to feel stressed, but actually what can we try and do to alleviate it? There might not be something directly that we can do. So why don't you just put that for and we dump it in the fuck it bucket and mm-hmm. we try and forget about it. Can I use an example that we spoke about before? Yeah. I remember when you had car issues, do you remember? Yes, yes. And you were really, really anxious about not being able to get into work. Yeah. But actually it was okay. Yeah. Like put that thought into the fuck it bucket. If you can't get into work, you can work from home. Yeah. And if it's gonna take longer for your car to get fixed, then we may be looking at other ways for you to get to it. But yeah. at that moment in time, like it wasn't in your control no. and it was okay you could still do your work, yeah. whether you're in the office or at home. So let's put that thought that yeah. we can't control right now and throw it in the fucking bucket. I'm really sorry for swearing, like numerous times. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, let's all say it. Fuck it bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think like the key takeaway from that is that sometimes you cannot control everything. Yeah. So rather than taking it home and worrying about it, let's have a quick talk about it and let's see how we can, what we can do to, to take that stress or anxiety away if we can. I think that is important because if you can't control it, what's the point of stressing about exactly, it? Exactly. Easier said than it done. Is. But and when it's... you're not in that good place, like everything is really yeah. stressful and you overthink everything and you overreact about everything. But, you know, is there something that we can do to try and help? Absolutely. But also, you know, if as a team, like all the team are willing to help. So if you've got something that you're feeling worried about, can somebody else help you? Can mm. somebody else take some of that stress away from you? Um, 
and that is again there's no real sort of answer to it and what I feel helps me is just trying to look think, look at things now from a different perspective to how I might have looked at things yeah. 12, 12 months ago I really thought at the time that CBT didn't work but now I think about it I am using tools yeah. and techniques from, yeah. from that yeah mm. yeah I think it's it's important to give things space yeah but to not dwell mm. and like you said it just it doesn't it's not going to change anything like you can feel it however much you want to, but at the end of the day, it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything. Um, I think we were talking about like how in the last couple of months, I think our mindset has changed to things that stress us out. So the other day, I was struggling to get to a deadline, and before I would be like, um, you know, I, like it's all on me. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. That kind of thing. But instead, I said. Posed a question to everyone. I was like, "Does anyone have time to help me?" And Emily and Courtney did, and they stepped in, and we got it done in the day. So I think that reframing that again and realizing that we're all only human, and mm. if I would help someone, someone would help me. And to just acknowledge that, and 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 to say help when you need help, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like our brains are wired up to, well, maybe not everyone's, but my brain is definitely wired up to think that if I need help, I'm like you said, I'm just not good enough. Like, yeah. I haven't, but you are, and what uh, you yeah. feel is valid, so it's okay yeah. to ask for help too. So I, have, I haven't met the deadline, I'm not going to meet it, but now I feel shit because, but it's not, it is normal to but feel is like it, that. But is it the end of the world if we don't meet a deadline? Like, even if you're a day late, you still do it. Yeah. yeah. So, is it the end of the world if you don't hit that deadline? Does and you did say that when we joined, you said if it's a day over, just communicate. And communication is the main yeah, thing, isn't key. it? So mm. you do drum it into us, but sometimes your brain just doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. listen. <laughs> is there anything that you use, probably not necessarily in the office much, but like at home when you're feeling a, like a slump maybe coming on or you're the in the middle? The last week or so, I've been trying to get out and walk the dog again <laughs> because... Sometimes as a, as a parent, I take on too much and you forget to put yourself first because everybody else has to come first. And then you feel guilty about putting yourself first. But I don't know what, what's been going on the last week or so. Maybe I've got a lot on with Alvi's birthday coming up, but I've just felt really stressed. And I've just been getting out to take the dog for a walk for 40 minutes to an hour. And I've found that has made me feel a million you times better. You just switch off, can't you? Like you're not on your phone, like you're not mumdy, then you're yeah. just, you're just, just day. The dog needs the walk, I need a walk and it, and it works. But also just, again, maybe noticing that I'm a little bit snappy and a little bit stressy. And then I think my husband will pick up on it and he'll step in sometimes if, if for whatever reason, Alfie, um, you know, is not in the best of moods and my patience isn't, he'll step in and then, you know, he'll take over and, I think it's just understanding from both of us that, again, sometimes I just need help. Oh, yeah, 100%. Again, you're only human. Yeah. Like, you're not the only mum that feels like that, you know, not the only yeah. woman that feels like that. So. One of the biggest things I had to learn to let go was about the housework because it used to cause me a lot of stress years ago. And I used to find I used to get so worked up about it. But actually, what's more important, going out and spending time with my family or stressing about the housework. So I just go out the house. I enjoy my day. Yeah. I forget about it. Well, you said that to me because I was getting so stressed about the housework and you just said, oh, i just got to let it go. I wasn't yeah. just so losing battle. Yeah. And to be honest, my house is a mess at the moment, but it gets done when it gets done. Exactly. So, nice nice short. Yeah, nice wise words <laughs> there that you taught me, Dave. <laughs> is there anything that you use uh, like when you're at home? Dog walking, really. Just getting yeah. off my phone. I feel like sitting there and just aimlessly scrolling. It's yeah. just not good for anyone, is it? So, no. Especially I when we're on the phone 
or on social media in general all day. Definitely. It's time it's time to step away. Mm. So that was the one of the main reasons for getting a dog because Really? Yeah, I just wasn't getting out as much. Like, it's, like you have like Alfie, like you have an excuse. When I see people just aimlessly walking, I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> like, you've got no reason to be out. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the main reasons for getting a dog is just so we could get out and explore more. So, yeah. it definitely helps with mental health. Yeah. When he behaves himself. Shout out but, to Lenny. Yeah, shout out Lenny. <laughs> what about you, anyway? Um, I think, I mean, I don't really take Merlin for a walk, Merlin, the dog, Merlin, um, because he's a menace and I'm not strong enough, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> to take him out. Um, but I've been going to the gym more consistently. There was like a period of time where I was going three times a week, every week, and then mm. I've got busy, life happened, you know, you just don't have time. And I noticed such a big change between when I was going consistently and when I wasn't. So I've started going back to the gym again and I think that has really helped. Like when I feel like frustrated or I always say aggy. I don't know if that's the right word. It's just how I, how I describe it. But I think when I feel like that, I just, like you said, get out of the house, change the scenery, mm. move your body a little bit. Um, but also therapy. I, I think everyone should be in therapy personally. Mm. I know it's not an accessible thing, um, especially with how expensive it is if you go private, obviously. Um, but I think that therapy in general just makes you more resilient and allows you to kind of face your problems in a much safer space than you would normally. Um, I know my therapist, she always says the hard things that you don't want to hear, but you have to hear. Um, and she always questions me a lot, which I think helps me deal with things that come up. Um, and I'm also very lucky that I have really amazing parents and they're very supportive so if I'm ever feeling like they know when I don't feel good because like you said with your husband I'd snap I just get cross over stupid things <laughs> um and they know and they're, they're like what's wrong like let's talk about it let's try and solve this problem mm. before it becomes a problem um so I think a, a mixture really moving your bodies and open communication really so we've talked a lot about our like personal experiences, but have you noticed more creators or people on the internet being more open about mental health and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Like my, um, my algorithm or for you pages are always coming across people that talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, there is one creator that I do really like to follow, who I followed her initially on Instagram, and um, although she's not necessarily a mental health. Um, creator she mm -hmm. talks a lot about mental health as a parent mm -hmm. um and sort of she also talks about grief from losing a child and combines that into now how she deals with that with parenting the children she's got but also making it making out like for when you're having a bad day it's okay to to not want to feel like to be around your kids all the time or to need that time mm -hmm. to yourself or or to not always enjoy the moments because parenting is really hard it brings its own sort of you know, tiredness and anxiety with it. And you don't always enjoy every single moment, And mm. but not to feel guilty about feeling like that sometimes. And she speaks quite openly about that. Um, she's now also on um, TikTok and she runs also a business off the side of that, which mm -hmm. um, if we get, I know we're going back a little bit about strategies. One of the things I, I bought from you lot was, um, was a notepad, which I think again, swearing again, I think it's adulting is shit. And just to write down <laughs> some of those things to get things out of your the head into brain list. dump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it's quite nice how she's took her own sort of circum like personal circumstances and put that into something that can you know mm. help people out with their journey as well so mm. yeah i like to follow her yeah yeah that's nice yeah definitely yeah i've definitely noticed the whole of like my for you page or just all social media really is quite prominent i don't know if that's just because what what we view or mm. i just feel like there's I don't know, there's more of a conversation about it and there's more of a community around it, which is lovely, I suppose. Yeah. But I follow this girl, well, it's Central C's girlfriend rumoured, I think it is. Um, <laughs> Madeline, I might butcher her name, Argie, RG, And she talks about having depression when she was younger and she talks about the absolute ugly side of it, which, to be honest, you see, a, you don't really see that side, really. She talks mm. about just very specific things that she would do and it's just like, some of the comments are on there like, why would you share that? But it's like, no, like that, someone will be going through that and someone will feel validated and normal that someone else has gone through that too. So I just feel like her rawness is just, I don't know, it's a bit, not inspirational, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's something for someone to look up to because she's on the other side of it now and yeah, yeah like she, she's been the lowest of the low, but she's got there and now she can share her story. So she'll mm -hmm. help someone else out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I th like when creators started talking about mental health like from my perspective it was with Zoella yeah back in the day when she used to do those vlogs and she she would talk about having panic attacks and I was like oh my goodness that's what I'm feeling I'm not actually dying I'm not having a heart attack yeah and her talking about it kind of gave me the confidence to ask for help I think especially when I was a kid and, and she's got such a large audience of children that follow her and to hear her talking so openly was just like the push that I needed to get help. It just proves the benefit then of like sharing these experiences yeah, online because it helped you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so how time. many others is that helping? And yeah. I think now there's a, you know, especially with TikTok, you're more likely to see things that are like you're searching for or you're looking for and for me that's people going through like weird slumps in your mental health so there's this um i can't remember what her account's called but she's started this series called that's not rot and it's basically like she's feeling low but she's not gonna let herself waste her life mm. she's gonna push herself to do things that bring her joy and make her happy and i i don't know what it is about her it might be just the way that she speaks about it but i find her so comforting mm. and it makes me want to like do things especially like when you go home after work sometimes you're completely exhausted and you just don't want to do anything but if I let those feelings in let that exhaustion sit with me then I'm I, d I don't ever feel good about it mm. so I've tried to kind of you know use some of her strategies and, and do things after work as well to you know kind of encourage those good feelings um and i think louise may that creator she talks about mm. mental health like no one i've ever seen she's, she's so raw as well isn't mm, she big time i mean talking about body image and being in a place where you're not big but you're not small you're in the middle and before that i hadn't really seen any creators do that um, and she talks a lot about grief as well. Yeah. I just think, like, when creators share, they make such a big impact on their audience. And, it, like, I don't think I would have got help or 
been able to talk about things more unless I'd seen other people do it as well. So um, mm. I think it's interesting that more and more creators are talking about it and you see the impact from the other side yeah. as well. Social media is powerful, so it's nice to now see it be used for good. Mm. Obviously, everything on there isn't good, but you're starting to see it creep through now and it's building that community and having them conversations. Mm. So it is yeah. being beneficial in some ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That being said, I think there's, there's a, a, a fraction of negativity where people are exploiting people who feel rough or low or whatever. They're, I don't know, I, I've, I've seen people who are like trying to sell things that suddenly cure anxiety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that for me is... A no-go. Absolutely. Selling people a dream. Yeah. And I don't, I don't enjoy that side of things. I also don't enjoy when um, people talk about body image and try and shame others to make themselves feel better. Mm. Yeah. I think that as long as you're mindful about what you're consuming and how you feel, then it's great. But as soon as you start letting those tiny portion of negativity in, it becomes a negative situation. Oh, 100%. So it's tricky. It's tri- It's also, I reckon it's probably tricky to police as well because how do you know what's going to make someone else feel? Mm. I don't, you Absolutely. don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. you said yeah. it, what works for one person doesn't necessarily, well, doesn't work for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're coming to the end of the episode. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been so nice to talk about this and... Mm. Like, I feel like we are lucky, so we are in a mm. situation where we can talk about these things. So thank you, Dee. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes, and you can follow Dee on Instagram at mumlife with Alfie. Mum underscore life underscore yeah. with underscore Alfie. As recorded, <laughs> because it changes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she talks a lot about um, mother's mental health and just general life, which I think is very important. Mm. You should definitely give her a follow. Thank um, you. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me on. It's been sorry for crying. (laughs) No, it's a safe space here. Yeah, we're we're all friends. Will you come again? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I've got past the first hurdle and dealt with my anxiety of being on a podcast, (laughs) which is amazing. So, Um, we'll see you next time. Uh, Subscribe, please. Yes, on any on where you get your podcast from. Yeah, and a bit of feedback. Like, let us know if you like it. If you don't, share in the comments. Actually, don't tell us if you don't. We only want positive feedback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye.